today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Never lift. What that means is you're in this race and you've got your foot on the pedal and out of fear, you lift your foot off the pedal. And what happens is it costs you the race. What a great example of the Christian life. It's full steam ahead. It's full speed ahead. Have you ever slowed down due to self-doubt? We often second-guess ourselves, and so we take a step back, assess the situation, and proceed how we see best. What Pastor J.D. reminds us of today is that as Christians, we should never slow down. Keep your eyes on Christ so that self-doubt doesn't hold you back. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Let's get into the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 6 and we'll get through to verse 8. We left off in verse 5. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and by the Holy Spirit in verse 6 says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. <sighs> oh. What I want to talk with you about today is this sense that many Christians have concerning just how close we are to the rapture of the church. You know, I was thinking this last week in preparing to teach this passage that it's that childlike anticipation. You know that young child sitting in the back seat, are we there yet? No, not yet. Are we close? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. Three seconds later, are we there yet? No. We're, you just asked me that three seconds ago. We're not, we're not there yet. But it's the, childlike excitement and anticipation of a young child repeatedly asking, are we there yet? I have to confess that I've really been looking forward to this text. Again, I know it's a favorite to many, a friend really to many, and an encouragement, a source of great encouragement because of the anticipation that's woven into the fabric of this passage. To me, I truly believe that, especially with everything that's happening in the world today, many Christians in that childlike anticipation are asking, Oh Lord, are we there yet? (laughs) It's getting really bad. (laughs) Lord, 
come quickly. After inquiring of the Lord as to how He would have me to teach this text, it became clear that it was to be a message of hope. If there was ever a time, especially as God's people, that we need to have that hope, that time is now. And really it's more of a how in terms of that hope, how it is and even what it is that we as Christians can do as we long for, yearn for, watch for, wait for, and are so ready for our own departure. So what follows are what I'll refer to as the big three, for lack of a better way to describe them, when it comes to pressing on until we arrive at our departure for our final destination in the rapture of the church. The first one's in verse 6, and it's keep the pedal to the metal. You'll forgive the auto metaphor. (laughs) What the Apostle Paul is saying here is very interesting, and this for several reasons, chief of which is his reference to this being poured out like a drink offering. What's a drink offering? Well, we see it in the Old Testament. It was a drink offering of wine that was poured out on the burnt offering. And the burnt offering was a sacrifice, and it was for complete consecration to the Lord. And as the burnt offering was being offered to the Lord, the priests would take the drink offering, and they would pour the drink offering on the burnt offering, and that drink offering would literally evaporate. That's what Paul's saying. I am completely consecrated to the Lord, completely poured out for the Lord. Can I say it like this? Completely sold out for the Lord, nothing held back. And that's what he's referencing here, such that he's all consumed by the Lord, as a consecration to the Lord. Dare I say that we are living in a day where there's no holding back. That is the worst thing that we could do at this point. So it's full steam ahead. And this is what Paul is saying. It's been that way my whole life, my whole ministry. Complete surrender to sacrifice for the Lord and the Lord alone, as Oswald Chambers would write in his very well-known devotional, reckless abandon, my utmost for His highest, all of me, Lord, take all of me. I'm that drink offering completely poured out for You. Do with me as You please. Now, here's the thing. Paul is at the end of his life, and he knows it. And he knows it's just a matter of time before his departure. 
It's going to be, some believe, just really a matter of days, possibly weeks after he had penned this letter to Timothy, that he would be beheaded and martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ. He even references it, as we're going to see later on in the chapter. The trial is not going so well for him. Because see, in that day, there would be these witnesses that would give testimony. And when it came time for those witnesses to testify on Paul's behalf, they weren't there. He stood alone, and he knew that the trial was not going well, and that this is how it would end. He's making a reference to his departure, and that's an interesting word in the original language carries with it the idea of taking up anchor or taking down the tent. It's a releasing and evaporating again in reference to the drink offering. Paul knows that it's just a matter of time before his departure, but here's the thing, he's finished well. No regrets. You know what, as a pastor, I think about often, I think about on that great and final day when the Lord says to me, well done, good and faithful servant, that there will have been anything in my life and in my ministry as a pastor that could be said of me, well, you kind of played it safe there. You kind of held back there. It really wasn't pedal to the metal, you kind of lifted your spiritual foot off the pedal of ministry, as it were. Uh, Barry McGuire, who we've had the privilege of having come and speak here, the car guy, quintessential car guy, and um, he told me once about something in the car racing world that really stuck with me. He said there's this phrase that says, never lift, never lift. What that means is you're in this race and you've got your foot on the pedal and out of fear, you lift your foot off the pedal. And what happens is it costs you the race. What a great example of the Christian life. It's full steam ahead. It's full speed ahead. Let me take it a step further and suggest that it's been my own personal experience, as I've seen what God has done over the years in my life, that God is searching to and fro throughout the earth, like He would speak to King Asa through the prophet. Don't you know, Second Chronicles 16 verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the earth. What's God looking for? Oh, He's looking for those who have a heart fully devoted to Him. Pedal to the metal for Him. Full speed ahead for Him. And when He finds one, you know what He does? He is strong on their behalf. And it's like you say, Lord, here am I. Send me, as Isaiah the prophet would say. And when God finds such a one, 
It's like, all right, watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm going to do it. You're not going to do it. You see, you're fully devoted to me, fully dependent upon me, fully reliant upon me, not your own strength. And that's when I'm able to do anything, if you'll just let me. And oh, by the way, that's just the first part of it. (laughs) You need to let me, and then once you let me, you need to stay out of my way. I don't need your help. Oh, it's so adorable, isn't it, when our children want to help us when they're young? I remember when our boys were young, Baba, Baba, can I help? I'm like, oh, so adorable. Okay, fine. But I know that it's going to take me six or seven additional hours to do that, which I could have done in 30 minutes without their help. But they're so adorable. Just let me help. We do that with the Lord, right? Like we, like we can help him out. It's kind of one of these things. You want to help me? Don't help me. That'll help me a lot. You know that hymn of old, it's really one of my favorite hymns. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. I love that hymn. Mold me and make me while I'm yielded and still. Okay, that's a problem. I have to be still, yeah. You're, you're going to have your own way? Yeah. Well, what about, no, don't get in my way. Stay out of my way. You know, <laughs> I have to say that, and I shared this one time at a, a pastor's fellowship. We we're just kind of going around talking about, you know, what God's doing in our ministries. And when it got to me, I'm like, Lord, I, I really, there's only really one thing that I can share. And that is, that I've actually begin to learn how to just stay out of your way and just let you do what you want to do and not try to, you know, (laughs) offer in the flesh that which you're doing in the Spirit. I'm not going to try to help you out. Lord, this is your church. Jesus, you you died for this. I didn't die for this, this church your people. My blood wasn't shed. This is your church. I have no right to impose my own will, my own ways on this, your church. So Lord, have it your way. Does that sound like a burger commercial? It probably does. (laughs) Here's the second one. It's in verse 7. In addition to keeping the pedal to the metal, keep fighting to the finish. Here Paul uses the analogy of a fighter and a runner, and he does this often in his letters, right? Only this time it's more in the past tense because he's just about to cross the finish line. For Paul it's the last seconds in the final round of the fight, and it's the final feat in the race, and he is giving it his all. You know runners, you see them leaning into the finish line, the tape, to be the first one. That's what Paul's doing. I mean, it's just that that home stretch, if you will, 
and you just turn it on and pour it in, and I mean you're all in to the end. That's what Paul did. Now, I realize this verse is a well-known and often quoted passage of Scripture. There's many a time where in doing a memorial service, I'm asked to talk about this passage of Scripture for the one that has gone home to be with the Lord. But the fact remains that this is what the Christian life is. Stay with me. It's a fight. It's a battle. It's a brutal fight. And it's a grueling race. I like how one said it. Paul didn't say, I've danced a good dance. No. I fought. Fought. Daily. It is a fight. It is a battle. This is a battleground, this Christian life. Not a playground. Sadly, many a Christian, I don't want to beat up on anybody. This isn't a condemnation, but maybe a much needed conviction instead from the Holy Spirit. But many Christians just play church. It's just a game. You don't take it seriously. No, this is serious. Can I just ask you very, I mean, I know it's a rhetorical question, but it's a sincere one. Is it getting real or what? I mean, it's game on, if I can say it like that. It's getting serious. And it's getting real. And this is no time to play around. It's no time. You know, there may have been a time, I suppose in all fairness, where the world in which we lived was more forgiving of the Christian just kind of playing around, playing church. That time does not exist, and that world does not exist any longer, and it will never return, by the way. It'll never happen. The Christian life is a brutal fight and a grueling race. And that brings us to the third one that I want to spend the remainder of our time on, because it is so important. You're keeping the pedal to the metal, you keep fighting to the finish, and you keep your eyes on the prize. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says when he refers to this crown of righteousness that awaits him. By the way, uh, let me parenthetically say, this is very important, don't miss this. Notice he specifies in reference to the judge as the righteous judge. The inference is, is that there are unrighteous judges who do not make just judgments. What Paul is saying is that God is a just judge. He is fair, just, and righteous in His judgments. And everyone will be recompensed according to that which they did. What we do now matters for eternity. I'm going somewhere with this. I really need you to stay with me because it is hugely important. Do you realize that what we do here on earth matters for all of eternity? So what's our lifespan? 
let's just say, absent the rapture, it's three score and ten, seventy years, maybe longer, but let's just use that for purpose of discussion. Seventy years, the majority of which we determine our entire eternity. So what we do here matters for all eternity. I was uh, having a conversation with my son who's back in college in uh, California, and, and it was a really good conversation because we were talking about what he's doing. You know, he's studying hard. We're so proud of him, and but he knows the rapture could happen any time. So the question becomes, well, what's the point? Why am I why am I doing this? No, there's a reason why you're doing this, because what you're doing now matters for eternity. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm just a student. No, no, no. I want you to think about this. This is where I'm, where I'm going with this. Things that you might deem insignificant here in this life, God is preparing you for eternal life. What? Wait a minute. So I don't have to be a pastor? No. In fact, more better you're not, <laughs> because pastors are judged by a much higher standard. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is that God, you know, what, what do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? Do you know that we're going to be working? You know that work was blessed before the curse? Work was blessed before the curse. We're going to be working, oh, not by the sweat of our brow. It is going to be a get to, not a got to, when we're in heaven. And we are all uniquely made in His image, for His glory, for His kingdom, forever and ever. Amen. And everything you do here on earth is going to determine what you do for eternity. So you mean I'm going to be a student in college for all of eternity? No, (laughs) that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the talents, the giftings that you have are such that they're going to matter for all eternity. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not, you know, a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not serving in full-time ministry, which, by the way, is a misnomer. There's no, no such thing as full-time or part-time ministry. It's lifetime ministry. And we're all in the ministry. It's a priesthood of believers. Did you realize that? You're in the ministry. Yeah, but I'm just sitting here on this comfortable chair. Thank you very much, by the way, for the nice comfortable chairs and the AC. But yeah, but you're still in the ministry. God wants to use you, and God will use you if you'll let Him. It's easy to read the book of 2 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners too. If you have a specific prayer request 
or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study in the book of 2 Timothy here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Morning.